What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity here. So the show goes, you hit me up with your questions, dealing with anything and everything from spirituality, relationship advice, theology. I will spend time with them. I will pray with them, study, and hopefully I'll respond in such a way that is good for you. But I'm not perfect. So if my advice is not helpful, I give you the freedom to do whatever you want with it, to reject it if it is not good for you, if it does not help you to abide in intimacy with Christ on earth as it is in heaven. If you're a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www.assistionpress.com slash askfatherjosh, spell out A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also rate us and view us on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and other podcasts formats that will help other people to find out about the show. If it's good for you, it might be good for them as well. With that being said, on today's show, we're going to talk about the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Chosen. I love the Chosen. I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, you know, the Chosen is not perfect, but it's good. It's really, really good. And um, and so there's aspects of it that, that can be better for sure, but I respect it. And so... We're going to talk about one of the more controversial scenes in today's show about the chosen, uh, particularly about the way that the Blessed Virgin Mary is depicted with regards to the birth of Jesus and the question about whether or not she actually experienced birth pains or not. But before we get into that really great question that's causing a lot of controversy all over social media, uh, we're going to have a glory story. So my glory story is, is this. This past week, I was fortunate and grateful to be invited to go to a final vows for some sisters. So as y'all know, I talk about my school, Sacred Heart of Jesus, all the time. I 100% believe, and it's not just because I'm the pastor. I believe it's the best school ever. Again, we just, it's a great school. It's a small school. It's a Catholic school. It's Orthodox. It's diverse in people and student body. We have nuns who love Jesus and who teach the kids how to adore the Blessed Sacrament. It's just a great place that, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be the pastor of. So some of our sisters, they invited us to go with them to Florida because three of the sisters with the Mercedarians of the Blessed Sacrament made their final vows as brides of Christ. And it was absolutely beautiful to watch them get their wedding rings and to watch them make their vows to be brides of Jesus Christ forever. It was just oh, it was so beautiful. And even, I mean, yeah, it reminded me of ordination. It was one of those gifts of like, wow, like this reminds me of my love for the Lord and my decision to say yes to his invitation to, to be with him in this way. And it was so good. It was so good. The road trip there was great with my, our seminary, Jeremy, and our deacon, Michael Parker, and our priest, Father Taylor. We all went together, and we had a great time of fellowship. We, uh, yeah, it was just a great time of fellowship on the way there and back, and a great time with the sisters during our time there. I met the bishop of St. Augustine, Florida, or St. Augustine, Florida, however you say it, and he was super cool from uh, Arkansas. Yeah. The whole thing was just beautiful. So my glory story was like watching these women become brides of Jesus forever. And at the end, we all turned around and faced this beautiful, beautiful statue of our Blessed Mother. And we sang the Salve Regina. And it was just, it was a beautiful, beautiful statue of Our Lady. And uh, 
Yeah, so it was just a great time with uh, other priests and other sisters and other lady. Yeah, it was a gift. So my glory story is I got to see women get married to Jesus. And who's, who's the best bridegroom? Jesus Christ is. He's the best. He is the best. He's the best God. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into our question about the Blessed Virgin Mary and the Chosen. So our question today comes in from Anonymous. The Anonymous writes this. I was watching The Chosen, and in the series, it depicts the Blessed Virgin Mary as having birth pains during the delivery of Jesus. I didn't see a problem with this, but when I went on social media, many people complained about this depiction and even called it heretical. So did Mary have birth pains or not? That's a great question. So um, yeah, before I answer it, I'll just say my, my favorite episode in The Chosen was The Woman at the Well. Ah, oh, such a powerful, powerful episode. If you haven't seen it, just, just YouTube, The Chosen Woman at the Well, so powerful. But so there's this really cool council called the Council of Trent. And the Council of Trent teaches that Mary did not experience birth pains. It says this, but as the conception itself transcends the order of nature, so also the birth of our Lord, just as the rays of the sun penetrate without breaking or injuring in the least the solid substance of glass, so after a like but more exalted manner did Jesus Christ come forth from his mother's womb without injury to her maternal virginity. From Eve, we are born children of wrath. From Mary, we have received Jesus Christ. To Eve, it was said, in sorrow shalt thou bring forth children. Mary was exempt from this law for preserving her virginal integrity. In violet, she brought forth Jesus without experiencing, as we have already said, any sense of pain. Now, Perhaps the Council of Trent, which happened way back in the day, the 1500s. I believe it made this argument because uh, the Council Fathers of Trent were looking at the writings of some of the influential saints at that time and also um, some scriptures. So some of the saints they were looking at, St. Saint, Saint John of Damascus, um, who in the year 730 said this, his birth, Jesus' birth, was in accordance, it's the year 730, all right, we're in the year 2023. So it's really cool that we as Catholics can look back to 730 and see other Catholic writers. There's no other faith that can do this. Like, like no shade to Baptists or Methodists or Evangelicals or non-denominationals. They can't say this because they didn't exist in the 700s. In 730 is the Catholic Church. And St. John of Damascus said this, his birth, Jesus' birth, was in accordance with the laws of parturition, while in that it was painless, it was above the laws of generation. For as pleasure did not precede it, pain did not follow it. According to the prophet who says, before she travailed, she brought forth, and again, before her pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. That's from Isaiah 66-7. Also, St. Peter Chrysologus, who in the year 430, again, great gift of our Catholic faith, we weren't founded in the year 2000. We were founded in the 1900s or 1800s or 1700s. We were founded by Jesus Christ himself. And so in the year 430, 
St. Peter Chrysalis just said this, she, Mary, conceives as a virgin, she gives birth as a virgin, and she remains a virgin. Therefore, her flesh knows the power of the miracle, but is not no pain. In giving birth, it gains an integrity and knows nothing of physical suffering. So where do these saints, St. Peter Chrysalis and St. John of Damascus, get these ideas from? They get them from sacred scripture. So the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament writes this in Isaiah 66, uh, verses 6 to 8. A voice roaring from the city, a voice from the temple, the voice of the Lord rendering recompense to his enemies. Before she is in labor, she gives birth. Before her pains come upon her, she delivers a male child. Whoever heard of such a thing or whoever saw the like, can a land be brought forth in one day or a nation be born in a single moment? Yet Zion was scarcely in labor when she bore her children. And then again in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, it says this, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So St. Jerome, who translated the Bible from Greek and Hebrew into Latin, he argued that because Mary wrapped her son, Jesus Christ, in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, that was a sign that she wasn't in pain. Because normally when a woman gives birth, she can't wrap a child in, in, in swat them in clothes. Like she's like, I need someone else to help me with that. But Mary says she just did it. So these are some of the arguments from scriptures that some of these saints look to when they argue that the Blessed Mother did not experience any pain, which the Council Fathers at Trent would have been aware of. So that is, that's why some of the, the drama was all over social media about Mary and the chosen experiencing birth pains. With that being said, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our saint of the show who will be connected with the glory story and the question for today. Stay tuned. Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz. I am the host of the Catechism in the Year podcast. If you've been following along with us, you know that God's plan for us is a plan of sheer goodness, that he wants to bring us into a relationship with him. You know that already. One of the ways that God actually brings us into this relationship and keeps us, sustains us in this relationship is through the sacraments. Again, you might know that already. You might further know that so many of us miss out on the beauty and the power of the sacraments. But Ascension has an answer to this. Ascension has created two new programs. One is called Renewed, Your Journey Towards First Reconciliation. The second is Received, Your Journey Towards First Holy Communion. We know that our youth, they're our future. And yet at the same time, it's so hard oftentimes to reach them with this incredible news of God's love for them in reconciliation, God's love for them in the Eucharist. If you want to check out Ascension's new program, Renewed, Your Journey Towards First Reconciliation, and Received, Your Journey Towards First Communion, go to ascensionpress.com and sign up for a free preview. And we are back. I just reminded you, you came up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at www com slash askfatherjosh. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and other podcast formats. And you can share us on your social media pages. If the show is good for you, it might be good for your friends as well. So our saint for the show is not a saint yet. He's almost a saint. His name is Blessed Herman. Blessed Herman, he's a cat who was born with a, uh, he, had, so he had a cleft lip um, and spina bifida, and he just suffered a lot. He suffered a lot. And his, his parents were just aware of their limitations at the time, their emotional limitations, their physical limitations, their spiritual limitations, their mental limitations. And they said, you know, we cannot give our child what he needs. So at that time, it was somewhat common for parents to give their kids over to monasteries so that monks could raise their kids. So they brought their son to a monastery and he was raised by the monks. 
And when he was in the monastery, he thrived intellectually, though he continued to have a lot of physical sufferings and even emotional sufferings because of his, you know, the, the parents giving him away. Uh, intellectually, he was just a giant. He was an, a scholar. He was super smart. He ended up becoming an astronomer, and he discovered things about the stars that at that time, nobody knew. Nobody, nobody knew. And so he was an astronomer. He was a musician. He was a mathematician. And in his old age, he ended up writing, because again, he was not only an astronomer and a mathematician, but he's a musician. In his old age, he ended up writing a song that many of us have sung in our churches today, that many of us who are priests sing all the time at the end of night prayer. Uh, he became blind, and so he used his gift of music to write the song, Salve Regina. Salve Regina, Mater, right? So beautiful song. He also wrote, wrote the Alma Redemptoris Mater. Um, and these are songs that we still sing today. We all sing today, like especially priests and religious and deacons who chant the liturgy of the hours. And so it's somewhat beautiful to like know that like these songs came from this man who his whole life he suffered so, so greatly. And so, um, yeah, so Blessed Hermit, we invite you to, to pray for each and every single one of us. May we all have a devotion to Our Lady and may we use our gifts and talents and resources to glorify the Father the way you did throughout your walk toward eternity, no matter our limitations, physical, emotional, spiritual, or mental, no matter our limitations, may we too glorify the Father um, and give honor to our Blessed Mother by rejoicing in the gift that she has been for us in the body of Christ on earth as it is in heaven. Blessed Herman, pray for us. So next time, God bless.